is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Nat King Cole with Let There Be Love. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM with me, Elliot Moss. Hello, and thank you very much for joining. Jazz Shapers is a place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues, and soul. And alongside them, we bring someone who's shaping the world of business, doing extraordinary things in their neck of the woods. My business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Andrew Dunn. He's the co-founder and director of Finn Chatton. And Finn Chatton are a property developing and design business, doing really uber super lovely things uh, in the world of property you're going to be hearing all about how andrew is doing what he does in addition to hearing from andrew you'll be hearing from our program partners at mishkon Dorea. some words of advice for your business and on top of that i promise you we've got a great mix of music from the shapers of jazz blues and soul including today van morrison sam cook and this from zara mcfarlane <laughs> That was Zara McFarlane with the relaxed Peace Begins With. Andrew Dunn is my business shaper today here on Jazz Shapers, as I build earlier. Co-founder and director of Finn Chatton. They are property developers and designers, and they do some, as I said, some very lovely things, high-end things, and uh, not just in this country either. And Andrew is the co-founder. Thank you very much for joining. Elliot, great to see you. Thanks for having us on the show today. Now, uh, let's, let's go a little bit, f- f- start at the beginning. Finn Chatton, tell me what you do. Better, better way of describing it than I have. Yeah, so Finn Chatton was co-founded by Alex and myself um, in 2002. Alex was an old buddy of mine from school, and we, I worked as a developer straight out of university. And I was doing it for a few years. And then after a few years, I got together with Alex and said, hey, this is a great idea. Why don't we do this on our own? And we, I convinced him one weekend to set up this business, and we did. And that was yeah, eighteen odd years ago now. We are we have two businesses. We are a developer and we are a design business. So our development business is where we acquire real estate initially in London, but we've gone further afield over recent years. We acquire, design, develop, um, and then ultimately sell. We run most of the projects with our in-house team. Um, and we've done yeah 150 odd properties over the last 18 years, um, and then we have a private client business, which is a fantastic business, which we love, where we do the same, but we do it for people. So Elliot, for example, if you buy a house, you might come to me and say, "I bought this property. What can we do with it?" And we would then plan it for you and say, "Well, we can do this. We can maybe re-alter the remodel the interior. We can go out the back. We can you know just reshape it, and then we can do the whole uh, level of interior design for you as well." Um, but what's great about us is we're the, we're the kind of the one-stop shop, dare I say. You know, you only deal with one person at our firm, and we uh, entrust it, so you don't have to deal with all the aggravation which you might have in London of party wall surveyors and the contractors and all the kind of grief that people you know who are very time poor and um, have lots to do in their daily um, 
business kind of mm. suffer suffer with. Uh, and that all makes perfect sense. And when, when I when I decide to build my 25-metre swimming pool underneath my house, you're the people to go to. I'm your guy. Yeah, I won't be very pos- uh, popular with Camden, but that's a different story. And actually, I haven't got enough room, but maybe next time. Um, going back to, to, to before you just set up the, the, the business, those couple of years, I believe you did a, a politics and sociology degree. I mean, a nice degree to do. Not much to do with the world of property. Just tell me how that happened, how you switch from uh, that world. Uh, and I did a politics degree and I've done all sorts of different things mm. as well. So there's no, I'm not casting aspersions over here. But w- where did the property come in and why then did you decide to do your own thing? Yeah, so I c- studied politics and sociology at the University of Exeter, which I loved. I studied actually politics at a level at school as well. So I was always quite interested in politics. But I think then when I left university, I firstly I had no money. And I slowly, re- I'd always been fortunate. I traveled a lot with my family. We grew up in Scotland originally, which you and I discussed earlier. Then we spent some time in the US and then a little bit of time in Asia. And I always loved buildings as well. So I'd always grown up thinking, well, I love kind of politics and finance. But at the same time, I really like building and creative. So I'm very much on the creative side of the business. And by pure chance, when I came to London, I moved in with my sister because I had nowhere to stay. And she had just bought an apartment with her boyfriend at the time from a developer. And there were very there were quite a few issues with it, some things didn't work. And long story short, she said to me, if you fix all these things in my apartment, I'm not going to charge you too much rent. So I annoyed probably this guy massively because I called him five times a day to get it fixed. I had nothing else to do and it was part of the deal with my sister. And then for oh, three or four months later, he said, I'm actually looking for some good guys. Why don't you come and join me? My friends were all going into the city and wearing their suits and studying law or going into finance or politics, whatever. And I then was the guy driving the white transit van, which I absolutely loved. And it was just fantastic. And I started off, you know, I'd be driving to Milton Keynes one day to pick up some marble. Then I'd be working on site with the, the Sparks and the plumbers, just learning about construction. So I thought, and I did this with him for, yeah, five odd years, five odd years I did that. Find out more about how Andrew Dunn took his white transit van and converted it into something a little bit more salubrious, though nothing wrong with a white transit van either. Time for some music in the meantime, though, before we go back to Andrew. It's Astro Gilberto with Take Me to Arwanda. <laughs> Take me to Rwanda. 
That was Astrid Gilberto with Take Me to Aruanda. Andrew Dunn is my business shaper today, co-founder and director of Finn Chatton, and they are the property developer and design business. And we were hearing earlier, Andrew, how the world of going up and down the motorway to the Milton Keynes was more attractive to you than, than the friends that were going into the world of finance and the law and whatever else. In those early years before Finn Chatton actually happened, um, did you mind working for someone else? I mean, was there a sense that you you had to be your own boss or was it just a natural evolution? I'm interested in when you really said, you know what, we're going to do something. Because a lot of people have talent, but they're happy working for somebody else, happy being a wingman. Why were you not happy being a wingman? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I think it really stems from the fact that I come from a family of entrepreneurs. That's really where it's them. My father was self-made and he built up his own business, completely different sector to me. And he was always the one saying, you know, work, you have to work with people, obviously, in the early years to kind of understand which direction you want to go. But he was always the one guiding me saying, you know, if you can and you have the opportunity, you should try and do your own thing and control your destiny. Obviously, me moving into the creative world, it gives you that great opportunity to do it. And often you almost need to do it on your own because you might have a vision to go down one track. Whereas if you work for someone, you might just be kind of controlled and put it into that kind of pigeonhole to do, uh, do what they, they want to do. You mentioned earlier that you just loved buildings uh, and, and that sense of place. <clears throat> did you, I mean, why did that become the, most for, the foremost thing that became the, the focus of the business? Because it could have been something else creative. Why do you think you were so attracted to, to that in particular? I think probably. What I, I'm actually a traditionalist, and the, uh, the gentleman that I worked for, it was a small development company, what they did is they have specialised in restoring old buildings. Um, and if you look at the Finchhatton career and what we've achieved, the majority of the uh, buildings we've worked on have been those traditional buildings. And the greatest project that we're doing at the moment is our big flagship in Grosvenor Square. And what we're doing there is effectively we are restoring it back. We've kept all the facades and we're restoring it back to how it was built um, in, the, uh, in, in its originality. And I think with so many buildings and developments across the UK, everyone feels that we have to go through this big modern revolution and build new glass towers. Whereas I actually personally love the traditional form and why England is, is it, why it is what it is and why it's great and why it's so beautiful. A bit like when you go to Paris, you can walk along in Paris and go, you stand back and look at these spectacular buildings in Italy, you know, all over the world. So I'm, that was kind of the reason which kept me into it. So I got the flavour of doing it with him. And then I thought, well, we should just continue, to continue on this journey. This is great. Stay with me for much more from my business shape today. It's Andrew Dunn, co-founder and director of Finn Chatton. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. So I'm Joe Hancock, the cybersecurity lead at Mishkondorea. One of the most common problems I see people have at the moment is almost over-collecting data. There's an obsession with data and digital. That's a really good thing. It presents brilliant opportunities. But at the same time, collecting data that you don't really need or storing data that you really shouldn't store anymore prevents a massive risk. At the same time, 
as having that data gives you some good kind of business outcomes, having it there means there's a good a target for attackers. It means that you're much more likely to lose it. And if you don't delete it properly, you're much more likely to breach regulation. And all of this really starts to create a bit of a risk for business that isn't very well understood and isn't really well managed at the moment. Another whole set of problems that could be avoided very simply are just by doing the basics. If you use complex passwords, change your password regularly. Don't use the same password for, for multiple services, as everybody does. Even just one or two different passwords will stop you being the victim of some of the large data breaches we've seen soon. They'll protect your identity. They'll help protect your bank accounts and your finances. Just by doing very, very simple things, either as an individual or as a business, you can remove most cyber risk that's out there at the moment. Nothing can ever be 100% secure, but at the same time, you really can make your own life and your business much better by doing these things. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday. I'm very lucky I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business, doing their own thing, being independent and expressing themselves in a way that makes sense to them. Um, And if you'd like to listen to any of the previous guests, go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, and you'll find a whole bunch there. CityAM.com is a destination, as is British Airways the next time you're flying in the high life section. Today, Andrew Dunn is my business shaper, and if you were listening earlier, you will know that he is the co-founder and director of Finchatton. They are property developers and designers, and they um, are, well, traditionalists at heart uh, is one part of it. We were just talking about Andrew, but people that love making things look beautiful and I imagine functionally working as well. I mean, that's another big part of design, isn't it? You were talking about one of your flagship product projects at the moment, which is 20, 20 Grosvenor Square, is that right? 20 Grosvenor Square, yeah. 20 Grosvenor Square. Um, you are in other places around the world, and you can tell me if this is right now, Antigua, Los Angeles, Lugano, Moscow, Saint-Tropez. I imagine that spans both sides of the business. There's private stuff going on there as well as the, the, the bigger things. Do you personally get involved in all of them? Yeah, I do. So I'm very much on the uh, the creative side and the operations side. So I do spend probably a bit too much time on an aeroplane, but um, you know it's great. We were very fortunate to have the opportunity to go and work in these um, far flung places, um, and it's great for my team. It keeps them really invigorated. If suddenly I have to dispatch a couple of the team out to the Caribbean or to the US or mm. into Asia. This, you know, it's very and that's what's really important in design is keep the creativity and keep seeing things, keep innovating. The best people I've always found who um, certainly who work for us on the creative side are the ones who just travel all the time. Because you'll see something and think, how can I apply that maybe to something that we're doing in London or something we're doing in Los Angeles or mm. wherever? Um, and do you take notes when you travel? I mean, do you do that stuff? Because I remember interviewing Robert Tatosian, the, the guy who makes the lovely cufflinks and, and other jewellery. Yeah. He was saying, literally has a scribble. He goes to a market somewhere in Morocco, he makes a note. Is that what you're doing or your team are doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm very into photography. So I'm, that's been one of the great things about iPhones is you can take it and you can just snap happily wherever you travel. Mm. And you can zoom in and upload it to a Dropbox link and send it home. So, yeah, I do take, not, not so much notes, more kind of photographic kind of mm. evidence of when I travel and, and what we see. I mean, here we are talking 18 years later or so about this business, and you have a team, as you said. Is it? Do you sometimes go, "How did this happen?" I, I, I do was, I all was, the time. Do you? And yeah. it, and if so, what what is? Is it just this sense of? Th- is it a thrill that you get from that, or is it a sense of nervousness, or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. You know, we are a team of about 60 now, and I think when I the first few years when Alex and I founded the business, we were only there was two of us, and then we had a we had a PA, and then we started hiring our creative team. But I think for the first 10 years, the max we went up to was about 2025. 
But you just, you know, with all these companies, if you control them and you put all the right controls in place, they just grow organically. Because suddenly you get a bigger project, it requires more architects or more project management or more interior design, you know, whatever you, and it's quite straight. But I do sometimes walk in the office and I'm like, wow, how did we get this big? And you, and you like managing people, it feels like to me. You look like you're a kind of a, a people person, as they say. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I'm a people person. I like to walk to the office all the time um, and just chat to people, see what are they doing, what projects they're working on. And also offer my kind of thoughts on, you know, I was in uh, Los Angeles last week and I saw some interesting things in this particular hotel. So I came back and I've downloaded it to a client, um, downloaded it to one of my team who's working on this house for a client in um, in Holland Park. I said, you know, we should think about this because I, I know they really like their garden and I saw this particular thing. And I think that's just, you know, I walk it all the time. We were really engaging. We're a very flat structure at Vinchatton. There's no, there's no real massive hierarchy. Stay with me for more from Andrew Dunn, my business shaper today. Time for some more music right now. This is Van Morrison with Going Down to Monte Carlo. That was Van Morrison with Going Down to Monte Carlo. Andrew Dunn's talking to me today about travelling all around the world, lucky you, uh, as he pervades his burgeoning empire um, across the world of different projects. And, Andrew, we were talking about the team at Finchatton. In terms of culture, how do you ensure that, A, you hire the right people and, B, you keep the right people? Is there a, is it just instinctive? I mean, it strikes me that you know what you're looking for and that if it's not right, you would probably say it's not right. But is there a, is there a methodology to what you do? So one of my early investors back in the day said to me, and he made it very clear, said that the key to any success of any business is the people within it. And I think what we've been so... I like to think that I am probably quite a good judge of character. Um, but we employ now just completely massive range of, of, of different people from different cultures, different talents, different skill sets. And I think when you have all that and you fuse them all together, you can really create this big surge of uh, creative energy. And some people will have a view on something, but then you can throw it over and, and apply it to something else. And that's the key. But I think it is really instinctive. Mm. We've, we've had a great success with keeping people. We look after them well. We are a family. And it's a bit of a cliche, but we are. We're a team. We work together. We play together. There's no, there's no them and us. It's, it's just all in the mix together. And that's been the success of keeping it all together. On the other side of it, over the years, have there been times when you've gone to your partner, Alex, you know what? this just isn't working. We need to do something different. We need to stop. We need to rethink. I mean, genuinely big issues that you faced. I think luckily not. I think the joy of when you work with someone like Alex, when we've known each other since we were 12 years old, we've just done everything together and we've sat next to each other for the last 18 years. So there's nothing we don't know about each other. We've seen each other grow up. We've seen each other through girlfriends. We've seen, we're both married now. We both have kids. We've just seen it all. And I think there's definitely been times, you know, in, in downturns, we've thought, wow, you know, maybe we should pivot the business into something else or look at it. But I think it's always come back to me is why would you spend all this time working really, really hard, very long hours, traveling and perfecting well, as much as you can of what you do to then kind of go and do something else? Mm. I always find it interesting. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day who 
was telling me about some of his he's a he's a private wealth manager and some of his clients who sell their businesses so they build up these businesses over 30 years they do phenomenally well and then they sell them and then suddenly they give all the proceeds to someone who they don't know to go and invest in an asset class they don't understand and you see it time and time again and i think that's quite extraordinary the great thing about real estate you can just keep doing it forever there's always going to be something to do and that's the joy of it all uh, make sure you stay with me for my final chat with Andrew Dunn, my business shaper today, and find out how he's just going to go on forever. Because as you said, um, uh, property is like that. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Bobby Womack. That's coming up after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Bobby Womack with Across 110th Street. Andrew Dunn is my business shaper for a little longer here on Jazz FM and been talking about all sorts of things, longevity of property, uh, how important people are in a business. My sense is, and you kind of alluded to it, um, on the money front, the money must be important. It's a byproduct of success, but it isn't the thing that drives you. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, I would say that is absolutely fair. I mean, obviously you do it because we all have liabilities now. I have three children and, you know, we have things that you need to do. In I'll life. tell them you said that. <laughs> They're just your, you, you three, your liabilities. <laughs> I do think that every time I get the school fee bill through the, uh, through the post every six months. But um, no, listen, that's obviously um, important um, to do things you want to do. But I think the joy is I like to reinvest a lot of the proceeds, well, the majority of the proceeds back in the business because mm. we want to grow the business and do interesting, fun projects. And I think to do that, you have to keep growing. And, you know, there are times we've we've all had times, um, especially in kind of 08, 09, you know, where we've had to really rein it all in and tighten our belts. Well, I'm very proud of the fact I've never had to touch wood, scale the business back um, too much. We always keep the reserves. So we're ready to go. But, um, yeah, I don't think I think that we do it all for the love of it. I can definitely say over the last 18 years, there's only been a handful of days where I thought I just don't want to go to the office today. Because there's always a new challenge, and there's all—it's such a people business. So we—it also makes you very emotionally mature because you end up dealing with lots of different people from the multitude of nationalities, and you have to kind of understand them, respond to them, and kind of understand where they're coming from, and kind of alleviate any concerns they might have. And that's that's very interesting. So you just meet this massively diverse group of people, and that's really fascinating. The other thing I imagine with it that's connected to the money then is therefore that you're not looking, and you, you kind of said it before, that you're not looking for that day where you get X and you stop because to you, you're still enjoying it and that doesn't feel like a good destination. Will there ever be a time though? I mean, if we had this conversation in 15, 20 years, it's possible you might say, you know, I've been doing this enough and I, it, it is time to take stock. I actually think I'm not sure about that because I, I've seen a lot of people kind of they get to a certain point and they build their businesses up and they sell them and then they... But then they think, what are they going to do now? I think, obviously, we may slow down. I have lots of hobbies and I love spending time with my children. 
But I think the great thing about real estate, you can, you can, you, as I said briefly earlier, you can pivot it into a different thing. We might, I'd love to move a bit forward now. I'm really fascinated by the hotel space. I think there's huge opportunities within the hotel sector. A lot of hotels are wearing out. They're quite old. I think the whole model potentially is broken because it's just so expensive and there are too many people um, within sort of these people. So I think the design element can do it. People love to travel. New countries are opening up. There's new opportunities globally to look at. Whether we do that, whether we continue our residential business across or whether we look at commercial, there's always something new and there's always a new challenge. And that's what's interesting. And that's, I think, what will keep us going. Uh, Capital Rise, this business that you've invested in, this is basically making property investment accessible to a much smaller level of investor. That was an opportunity that was brought to you? Uh, and then you just said, you know what, this feels right? Or how did that work? You know, it wasn't. It was an opportunity that actually Alex rang me up one, one weekend and said, I've got this great idea. I said, okay, what is it? Um, let's have a discussion. And Capital Rise is, is a crowdfunding um, platform where, where it connects the borrower um, with, the, um, with, with the individual. And the joy of it is, and the reason why we came up with it was, there were so many people who wanted to, they saw our business and they'd asked us for many, many years, we'd love to invest with you. This is an interesting business. We like what you do because it's it's." It's prime. It's not. It's not maybe a shed in some some area. It's a kind of a beautiful flat in Eaton Square, but it was always difficult, and you know people couldn't really get access to these investments. So we thought we would open this right up, and obviously the crowdfunding space has allowed it to do has allowed us to do that, where you can invest anything from a thousand pounds to a hundred thousand pounds in a specific direct project. So rather than giving your uh, investments to a fund manager who then might invest it in a fund, which might then buy an asset, which you don't know what's going on, you can go onto the platform, either through your mobile device or through your PC, and you can see your direct investment of what you're investing in. So you might say, I'm going to invest £1,000 directly into that um, development in Eaton Square or Grosvenor Square or wherever it may be um, within Prime London, and you can see it and understand it. It's been really great talking to you, Andrew. Thank you for your time today. Um, Good luck. It feels like you're going to be doing this for quite a while, probably forever, actually, in a nice way. Uh, Just before I let you go, though, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Thank you, Ellen. My song choice today is Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong with Summertime. Here it is just for you. That was Ella Fitzgerald singing Summertime with Louis Armstrong, the song choice of my business shaper today, Andrew Dunn. Someone who believed in the importance of hiring the right people. A simple thing to say, but not easy to deliver. Embracing diversity, something else that Andrew talked about, loving the fact that people are from different places with different ideas. The protection of what is fabulous about a building and ensuring that buildings look their traditional best, something else that Andrew talked about. And finally, someone that's in it for the long haul, someone who really loves what he does in terms of looking after and developing property. Really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday here on Jazz FM at 9am. In the meantime, though, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017.